Welcome to Thousand Hills Ranch Church, where we lead people to ride for Christ. We are excited for you to hear this message, and we hope it blesses your life. Well, it's exciting to be back here with you guys. Marty, thank you. You know what's cool about the opportunity that I get to do ministry with Marty as our worship guy is not only do I, I love his leadership and what he does with our church, but uh, he's also one of my best friends, and so it's so fun to get to do that. I mean, we get to go a lot of places together and do a lot of different things, and it's so fun to get to do that, and he's made me grow uh, just in so many ways. I'm going to move this, Marty. I... Marty, move the mics. We say that because we're friends, you know. I say that. But uh, one of the other things I want to encourage you guys with is, um, you know, just through the process that y'all have been going through since Bo has left. And I know for some maybe that's scary or or there's different emotions that roll through that. And, And I know sometimes we don't see the effects of what those things do outside of this building. But it's made me grow as a pastor. And so I know you, you might say, well, I'm glad our storm or whatever it is could make you, but it's made me grow as a pastor. I'd never met Tony King really that much before this circumstance came up. And, and that man right there has made me grow as a pastor. And he's challenged me with his leadership and with him being older than me and been there before me, it's made me grow. And so I want you to know that maybe whatever your circumstance is right now, you feel like the situation is with Thousand Hills, know that even through a storm, God's using that for his good because this made me grow. I can't say that enough as, as a leader, as confidence. I mean, it's been amazing for my life. So, yes, thank you. Thank you. If you want to open your Bibles this morning to Joshua chapter 1, I want to title my message, Season or Cycle. How many of you have ever just been in a season in your life? You're like, man... I mean, we're experiencing it this morning. I, I woke up and came outside of our hotel this morning, and I was like, this is heaven. It feels so good. And listen, for a fat kid, it feels even better because it's been 100 and something. I can't get rid of enough. But when it's like this, man, this is heaven. I, I know what all the skinny people feel like now. It's fantastic. And so... Uh, I just, it was, it was great timing that God brought this message to my mind, season or cycle with the changing of the seasons. But so often, uh, I think we see seasons in our life, but then we also can see these things that are cycles. So this morning as we go to Joshua, I want to take you back to the wilderness. Well, maybe you don't know the story a little bit, but if you'll remember, there was this king, Pharaoh. Remember, he took the children of Israel captive. You know the song, hey. Whoa, whoa, Pharaoh, let my people go. You know the whole song. I didn't sing it right, but I'm not the music guy, so. But you know the song, and and so he told Moses that you're going to go to Pharaoh, and you're going to tell him to let the people go. And he's going to let them go. Amazingly, he hardens the heart of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh lets the people go. You know Moses, the staff, the Red Sea, puts it in the water, parts the Red Sea. The children of Israel cross the sea, and then craziness happens. Something took place that, that lasted longer than I think it should have. And I think there's a lot to learn in the wilderness, obviously, because they got stuck there for 40 years. They got stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. Let's just do this. Let's go to uh, Joshua chapter 1, and 
We'll try to get through some of these today. Verses 1 and 2. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. So we see this process that's fixing to take, that takes place right here. Moses was leading the children of Israel, and, and now he's, he's dead. He, he didn't get to lead them into the promised land. But what I think is interesting in this passage right here, and here's what I love about Scripture, is when you come at Scripture at so many different angles, God can teach you so many different things. I think sometimes we just read it and we're like, man, that was good. But really when we stop, and I love when the Word says to meditate on it daily and nightly, how, how God can speak to us through unique ways when we come at Scripture with different angles or even different seasons in our lives that Scripture can mean something. And what's interesting is he tells Joshua, Joshua, remember, he is Moses' right-hand man. I mean, it's, it says that he's his aide. That's like his little boy. That's his son, basically. He hung out with him all the time. Now, isn't it interesting in this passage, he starts out with Joshua, Moses' aide. Moses is dead. Duh. I mean, we hang out every day, I'm pretty sure. If my friend is dead, I'm going to know that. So I really wonder why. Why did they, why did the, the writer or them, why did they have to tell, why did the Lord and them have to tell Joshua that Moses was dead? Season or cycle, think of that as we go through this, but could it be that we need God to declare a change of a season or a cycle maybe even the breaking of a 40-year cycle that we need him to speak that into our lives. Now, Joshua, in verse 3, we see that it says that I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. And basically saying, Joshua, you need to get ready to lead. Can, Can I tell that if you want to break a cycle in your life, sometimes you have to lead your way out? You know, sometimes I think we think we're in a season in our lives, but realistically, we're stuck in a cycle. Seasons come and go. And I don't know about you, but maybe is there someone in here today that you've been getting the same results over and over and over in your life? And you're wondering why you can't get ahead or get anywhere? But could it be that maybe you're stuck in a cycle, what should have been a season? And maybe it's like a 40-year season you're calling it, but realistically, it's a cycle? So can I tell you, if you want to break a cycle, sometimes you have to lead your way out. And can I tell you this morning, every person sitting in here, there's a leader inside of all of you. I, I'm positive of that. Maybe it's underdeveloped or overlooked, but if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is a leader inside of every single one of you. And what I love is in Psalms 23, what does it tell us? It says that Jesus is the shepherd, right? The shepherd does not just feed, he also leads. He leads us to still water. He leads us by green grasses. And so if the Lord resides in me, that tells me that there's a leader inside of me. 
And sometimes I think there's only one way for us to get to the next level or for the wilderness to get out of the wilderness and get to the Cana land, the promised land, is sometimes we have to lead ourselves out of there. Can I tell you this morning that God will not do what he has already empowered you to do? Some of us are sitting here looking for an answer that's sitting right here in our lap. Some of us are looking to get to the next level or get out of the situation and cycle that we're in, and we're saying, well, God ain't done nothing. Maybe God's already empowered you to do that. You just are not doing it. And so you have to begin to lead yourself out of it. You have to lead yourself also into this battle. What battle am I talking about? I'm talking this battle that resides and wages every single day. Every single one of us in here, a battle takes place every day as soon as we wake up. That battle of spirit and carnal, flesh and spirit. You're battling for leadership. And can I tell you this morning, something is going to lead. Either your spirit's going to lead you or your flesh is going to lead you. What's interesting to me is here's a great example. In Exodus, Jesus tells Moses to do some things, correct? And he told Moses along this process to do a lot of things. And one of the things was, is Moses, he said, I I want you to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. What did Moses tell him? Anybody remember? He said, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not good with words. So what did he begin to use? A staff, right? He had this staff, and Moses, if you'll stick the staff in the Red Sea, it'll part, and you'll cross across the Red Sea. You remember that story? And then what's interesting is, is I, here's, here's where the battle takes place. I love this part. He said, okay, here's what's going to happen. All the children of Israel, remember, were grumbling. We're thirsty. We need something. Uh, we ain't got no water. What Jesus bring us out here to let us die? Moses, you're a horrible leader. We're dying of thirst, and you haven't done anything to provide water for us. And what does the Lord tell him to do? He says, Moses, Moses, I'm going to tell you to go over there and speak to that rock. And water is going to flow out of it. Oh, but what does Moses do? Ah, he did what was comfortable. He did what he was used to doing. He did what his flesh told him to do. He took and he smacked the rock with the staff. Remember that? Now who's dead? And so sometimes I think we're dead inside. And we wonder why. Because we have resided on our flesh for so long. And there's this battle taking place that sometimes we have to choose to lead daily. We have to choose that. And we have to choose to let our spirit lead. Season, spiritual, cycle is the flesh. You you might want to write this down this morning. is The course and the quality of your life will be, be determined by who you let lead. Somebody in here needs to write that down and you need to stick it on your mirror at home. You need to post it on your mirror in your bathroom because remember, listen, did you hear what I said? The course and the quality of your life will be determined by who you let lead. And if you fix your leadership, I'll assure you, you'll fix your life. Listen, it's not a role... It's a responsibility. Leadership is influence. And Joshua is one of the most profound Old Testament characters. And it was this foreshadowing for Jesus. 
You know in the Greek, the name Jesus means Savior? And you know in the Hebrew what the name Joshua means? Savior. Isn't that interesting? And I love the story of Joshua because it's this great story that has this great start and then it has this great finish. But maybe I don't know about you, but I didn't have a very good start. (laughs) No, if we was to go back and do a little past recollection, Josh didn't have a good start. I'm not supposed to be here today. Ah, but see, something changed. My leadership changed. And some of us in here might not have thought, you know what, I didn't have a very good start. But I'm going to tell you this, I can have a good finish. And some of us today don't need to miss our moment, and we need to have a good finish. So this story of Joshua, we see the roles have shifted, and, he, and God promotes him, and some changes are coming. It's out with the old, in with the new. Hey, this morning, maybe for you, I've had the moments where i got to stick a stick in the ground and say, you know what, today was my day. Out with the old, in with the new. There's a leadership change in my life today. And so what Israel made a cycle out of should have just been a season. You remember the story. They weren't very far away from the Canaan land. But it took them 40 years. What should have been a season, they created into a cycle. I don't know if I'm speaking to anyone in here this morning, but I'm going to tell you, I've had those seasons that I thought were seasons, and they ended up being cycles, and sometimes someone had to speak some truth into my life to change it. So if that's the only reason I'm here today, so be it. But we need to change some leadership. And what's amazing in this story is that God did not change their change. He's still the same God. Their leadership Change. So how do we change that? How do we change our leadership? I want to give you three things this morning. Number one is clarity. A leader has to be able to see. Remember in Joshua 1.1, it says that he's dead. He, he's dead. And sometimes I think we stay stuck in the past Because we are emotionally attached to something that is dead. The old way is dead. I've gotten to this place where it almost gets obnoxious to say, oh, the good old days. No, the good old days are gone. Those days are gone. I don't know about you, but as long as I have a breath, God told me my best days are ahead of me. Thousand Hills, can I tell you this? I know you've been through a rough season maybe, but your best days, I truly believe, are ahead of you. And so the old is dead. Quit reflecting on what was. It's where we're going. And so what is it? What do you do or what do you love that doesn't work anymore? And I would ask you to ask yourself this question. Where are you going? I love when we do marriage counseling. Me and my wife get to counsel with people uh, before we have their wedding or or maybe they come to us and they're in a rough patch. And I always love this saying is, I'll say, well, what do you want? Like really in your marriage or or whatever it is, your marriage, your finances, uh, your life, what is it that you want? I just want it to be better. Can I tell you that better is not a destination? What is better? I mean, I mean, really, because that's what we all say, is it not? Well, what do you want? I just want it to be better. 
Okay, if I'm going to have clarity, better is not a destination. Men, leading your family, where are you going? I mean, we have to have clarity. We have to know where we're going. I want to raise my kids to be grounded in the Scripture that when they get out in the real world and the world tells them all these things, I want my children to know the truth. And it takes knowing where we're going. And I'll I'll throw this in. You ain't got to pay for this. It is not the church's responsibility. It is not. Number two... No, let me back up. I'm still on number one. (laughs) And then I I think there's this other thing. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 1 says this. It says, pay attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift. How many of us would be honest that we feel like we're kind of just drifting through life? I I think about it. I don't know. How many of you have ever been in a lazy river? Whitewater. Boy, when I was a kid, that was it. Whitewater. And I remember the lazy river. And they, you get in that lazy river, and where are you going, son? I don't know. I'm just drifting. <laughs> Wherever the current takes me. And, and, I, and I, I think that's a lot of America in general today. Where are you going? I'll just wherever the world takes me. I'm going to end up somewhere. You don't end up anywhere on accident. And so better is not a destination. Know your destination. Number two is character. Character is that evidence of self-leadership. In this passage in Joshua chapter 1, three times, and I'll get over here and try to read them some to you. Chapter, or verse 6 says, Be strong and create courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land. In verse 7, Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey the law. Three times throughout this passage, he tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. He knows that Joshua is fixing to face a battle. Do you remember what happened when they crossed the Jordan? That's when the march happened. We got to march around the city seven times. And on the seventh time, we're going to blow the horns and the walls are going to come tumbling down. Well, but that, that ain't what I thought it was, God. Listen, the promised land was just supposed to be that. When I got there, it's all supposed to be milk and honey and easy. But you mean there's a battle raging still? And so he has this character. Joshua was, was a fighter, and he had been in battles before. And I know some of you in here have been in battles before. And you have good character, but for some reason so often we press that down so far, we forget who we are. Listen, there's a leader in you. If Christ resides in you, there is a leader in each and every one of you. And so character, number three, is courage. Courage. When you step out of your comfort zone, isn't it true that we don't always take our confidence with us? I I think it's amazing that many of us aren't even leading ourselves. Others are. Is it not? If, if I was to really do a self-analysis on us a lot of times, so many of us aren't even leading ourselves. Others are leading us. We 
We must have confidence in God's choices to say yes. We must have confidence in who our God is. You see, I've come to the realization that a lot of times the reason we fail, the reason we get stuck in cycles and what should have been just seasons, is we really don't know who this God is. We don't have a lot of confidence in him because we don't really know who he is. And so to really find out who my God is, I have to be clear and have clarity of who he is. I need to know who his character is. And then I will have the courage to do a lot of things. And how in the world do I do that? It's this thing called discipline. I know my kids hate it. I don't like it as well. I'm a grown man, 38 years old. Don't tell me what to do. Ah, but how, when was the last time we cracked this open and really begin to study who God is? Because I'm going to tell you, when you begin to get who God is and you begin to come at Scripture with different angles and different seasons in your life, it's amazing how this book comes alive. It's amazing how this God can speak to me through the pages of this book. I'm going to tell you, I would go today to the gates of hell with a water pistol because I know who my God is. I'm taking Marty with me because he's going to get shot first. (laughs) But I know what he did for me. I know what he did for me. Here in just a moment, we're going to get to partake in that, remembering what God did for us. There's power in that. There is no one that ever sacrificed their son so that I could have a hope. Clarity character, courage. And so I want you to say a few things with me today. Proclaim these right there in your head today. Number one, I want you to say, today I am taking control of my schedule. And the staff will only get you so far. Here's what I've begun to learn. A true leader is a person who knows who to follow. And a true leader trusts the Lord enough to work through their weaknesses. And so maybe today is that. Today is the day of your moment. Church, it doesn't matter who stands up here and speaks. It doesn't matter who stands up here and has the best voice and play the best guitar. Listen, we're here together, together to build strength with one another. That when I do go face this world on Monday, my workplace, my school, whatever it is, maybe it's a stay-at-home mom and you got two kids at home and you're ready to choke them out. Oh, Lord, I trust in you today. God, the world ain't going to tell me how to beat my kids today. I'm going to beat them according to your word. But some of us need to proclaim that. It's just the truth. So today, are you in a season or a cycle? Because cycles can be broken. Seasons come and go and they change. And so I'm going to ask you today, I'm going to ask Marty to come, and I'm going I'm to ask you today that some of us in here maybe need to make a proclamation. Some of us in here today maybe need to say that today's that day. Here's the thing that we need to do. Anytime we come into God's house, and anytime we even come into the presence of the Lord, 
we should leave differently than the way we walked into the situation. And I'm willing to bet, if I was a Baptist preacher, I wouldn't be betting. (laughs) But I'm willing to bet, because we're (laughs) non-denominational, that some of us in here today will will stay stuck in a cycle because we'll allow Satan to keep us grounded sitting right where we're sitting today. Anytime you step out of your comfort zone, it's hard to take your courage with you. But I want to tell you this morning that you have a God that has more courage than anything that's ever existed. And so if you're sitting in that seat right now and you feel defeated, maybe you feel stuck, and this all sounds real fine and dandy, but when I walk out of here today, Pastor, you don't understand what I'm going to go through. I don't, but he does. And I'm just begging you with this right here. I'm going to beg you for a moment. Please trust in Him. For a moment, just trust in Him. Give it to Him for just a moment. For the next 10 minutes we're sitting in here, give it to Him. Drop everything you have for a moment and get vulnerable. Don't look to the person to your left. Don't look to the person to your right. Because on that day of judgment, they will not be standing there with you. It's going to be a conversation between you and God. And I really don't want to look at my God on that day and go, God, listen, I, I, I had a moment this one time. <laughs> it was in September. This, this pastor came to our church and he was preaching. and He gave this invitation and I sat there, God, but I'm sorry. There's no do-overs. And so today is the day to break the cycle. I love that song that Marty sang at the end. I'm a child of God. You see, I don't have to fear because I'm already victorious. In the Bible, it tells me that I am Hooper Nike. You know what that means in the Greek? It means that I am more than a champion. There's no definition for that. No football game like yes. There's no comparison. I fight from victory, not for victory. And so if I'm a child of God, I'm victorious, and I don't have to stay stuck in a cycle. Father, we come to you this morning. God, and I know that we're rattling the gates of hell this morning. God, because of things that's taking place in this building this morning, the devil knows that there's a threat. And so, God, I know there's a war that's waging right now. And God, I'm coming to you from victory, and we're proclaiming that victory. And God, I pray that the people in this place can begin to feel your presence, that your Holy Spirit begins to move up and down these aisles. And God, I pray that they know that you're there for them. All they have to do is stretch their arm out and you will reach to them where they're at. And so God, this morning, oh God, we're proclaiming victory because we are a child of God. This morning, God, we surrender all that we have to you because we know that you're the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. The God that is omnipresent, that's behind us, beside us, and that's went before us. God, we proclaim that this morning. Father, thank you. God, thank you for sending your son as a living sacrifice so that I might be able to inherit the eternity in heaven. God, we love you, and God, we praise you. Father, it's in your name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Thanks for joining us at Thousand Hills. We pray your life was changed by what you heard. If you've made a commitment today, contact us at 580-216-6427 or check out our website at thousandhillsranch.church where you can give your tithes. Thank you again and have a great week.